I'm TJ Walsh, and you're listening to the Bold Creatives Collective podcast. Take a front row seat to hear conversations with successful musicians, producers, actors, visual artists, designers, directors, marketers, and more, and learn about their perspectives and approach to leadership, creativity, innovation, and growth. Let's dive in. Hey, Kat, I am so excited that you have agreed to come and talk with me. I've been just looking forward to this conversation for a number of weeks now, and I would just love it firstly if you can give us all an idea of who you are and all of the things you do because you do so much um in the in the context of the arts and um business and I think people would just benefit from having some context yeah thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure I love talking with you and yeah for anyone who doesn't know me yet I'm Kat Ekaterina Popova I am an artist and I also do a lot of things, like DJ said, but I think it all boils down to that I love creating and I love helping other artists and creatives, whether that's building a business or featuring their work or curating things. So uh, my official titles, I guess, would be I'm the founder of Create Magazine and also coach at the Art Queens, and I'm an artist myself. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. I think that it is, it's a great thing and a great opportunity for all of all of my listeners to have the opportunity to just hear your voice and learn a little bit about your journey uh, to where you are right now. I know that you are just in the middle of celebrating seven years of um, running your own thing, running your own business, being self-employed. Um, and really just growing. Um, it's been fun to watch you grow in all of your endeavors and projects over the past couple of years. So um, I think it's really important to uh, have to give people the opportunity to to just hear that it's possible to, you know, go from someone who is really just trying to figure it out, right? just moving paint around on surfaces to, you know, deciding, right, that you're going to make something of yourself and you're going to really um, uh, do it for yourself and then bring other people along with you. Um, So would it be possible if you can take us back maybe, you know, 10 years ago Mm -hmm. or so um, and, let us in a little bit on where you were and what got you going uh, in the direction that you're moving right now. Oh my gosh, absolutely. <laughs> what a journey it's been. Right. So let's rewind back to, I would say 2000, yeah, 10 years ago, it'd be 2013. I'm about two years out of art school and I am just literally trying to figure things out. I'm working minimum wage jobs. I'm either I was started with IHOP, serving pancakes uh, (laughs) at 5 a.m., rolling silverware. Then I moved on to working at the bank for very, very little. And it took me two hours to get to the bank to then only work for three hours, just to give you some context of how fun my life was. And then the next was the retail, which actually was a great thing because I was next to a Barnes & Noble. So I think what happened was I knew I was a big dreamer. I got accepted to a grad program for art therapy at Drexel. But when I saw the tuition bill, 
<laughs> I just couldn't swing it at that right. time. And now it doesn't seem that bad. But honestly, back then, it was just a devastating number sure. that I just couldn't get behind. And I was like, I will be dying. <laughs> I won't be able to pay for food or books or anything if I right. if I say yes to this. So I was like, okay, well, let's figure it out. So I think originally, I really enjoyed... I thought I was going to just go all in for art. So I, I committed to painting. I painted on the floor. I was very motivated. I think part of it was intrinsic motivation, but the other part was I just didn't want to stay where I was. It was very much like, let me figure out how to get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. So I would get up at ungodly <laughs> hours. Um, I would work whenever I could. And when my feet were so tired from standing all day, I would just like apply to juried shows and things and galleries. So Right. What happened was I just started to realize I couldn't get any employment in the arts and I wanted to be part of the creative community. Mm -hmm. And the other thing was the day jobs I was working were really in conflict with my art dreams. So I couldn't make it to First Fridays. Right. Um, it was very hard to network. It was really right. tough to make art. So then the wheels started turning and I just honestly, I just said I was going to do whatever it takes. And I didn't know at the time what that was going to be. I had no clue. All I right. knew was I liked art. <laughs> I liked <laughs> artists or pe art people. And I did not want to work at my job. So that's right. as as vague as that is. That was a place to start. Um, and then the details of how they emerged very slowly in a trickle over time. So yeah. hopefully that's a good base. <laughs> no, that that's good. That's good. And having... I think a lot of people watch a lot of different, you know, clips of quote unquote successful people um, talking about, you know, what is necessary to um, to get from point A to point B and beyond. And they're given lots of really detailed information about, you know, oh, you got to have this in place. You got to have that in place. You have to you have to do these things. You have to show up in this way. And to hear you say, which is really actually refreshing for me, actually, because I think we're we're similar in this way. If I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, say, you know, I knew I liked this. I knew I was good at this and I knew that I wanted this or wanted not to be in this situation yes. again. And you had like three kind of general things that you could kind of cast your your eyes on um and say, okay, if I'm moving in this direction, I don't know, you know, really anything other than that. But if I'm moving in this direction, I'm going to be okay and I'm going to feel feel like I'm going in a great way in a great on a great path right yeah um you didn't have the business plan right away you didn't no. have <laughs> right <laughs> you didn't have you know um seed money or capital to to put down in in the way that a lot of people think they need to start something you had um you were being tortured, right? <laughs> that is I, an accurate description of my job. <laughs> yeah, you were being tortured. You were unhappy. Yeah. Um, you weren't. You weren't feeling fulfilled. You weren't able to make the contacts and connections that that were necessary for you. And you said that you're going to take take a risk and take a leap. And you know, the other thing you know you said is like I just decided. Mm -hmm. um, that is just as easy as that. 
Um, but I know that it's much harder than that too. Would you agree that, you know, just like making up your mind and saying, you know, I'm deciding to do something that's easy to say, but it's not in practice necessarily very easy. Would you agree with that? Or do you have a different experience? Yeah. The other part of the story is that you, if you want to, let's, how do I put this to live your dream? You can't put it in the box and you cannot go by someone else's path and you Mm. can't expect things to look a certain way. But if you, you know, if you have faith in a a great higher power or even our self, whatever, you know, and we all know this from our life experiences that whatever we think we want, when we get it, it's so much better than we, we can picture or like we can never like even fathom. Like I could never even like even when I got my dog, like he's so much better than the pictures I was looking at on Instagram. <laughs> you know, he's like <laughs> right. for me. He's for me. He's perfect for me. Right, right. So the other part was is that when I started to brainstorm what I wanted to do and the gallery plan of me just becoming famous overnight didn't work, I yeah. started to see like how can I even be part of this world that I want to be part of. So it really took some humbling. I started to volunteer. I offered to cut up labels and just show up. I wrote for a free art blog. So the first steps were very, very small. Mm. And they were just to change my environment because my Mm. environment, as you mentioned, I was being tortured. (laughs) So I did not want to be in a place where people were throwing dishes or gossiping all day. That just felt so exhausting and horrible to me Right. when I started to put myself, even though I didn't get paid for it at first, you know, just being in a different space started to change my mind. And that's when the ideas started coming in. And that's when I started to piece together. Oh, I like art. I also like books. I used to work for a student run gallery. I like putting things together or events mm-hmm. or opportunities for people and that's when like my past experiences my curiosities and my gifts started to kind of create some kind of picture but it did take for me to not be in that negative environment right and it did take for me to stop focusing on what's not working no one's calling me the galleries aren't like lining up at the door shifting my focus from this is not working this is horrible i hate my life to what is working what do i have what can i bring to the table yeah. And it wasn't like an overnight process by any yeah. means, but yeah. that's kind of how it started to come into the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say the hardest part, like you said, deciding is sounds really easy on paper. But when I decided I had so many doubts, I was like, well, this doesn't look like an artist's career. Like, am I going to never going to be able to be a successful artist if I try it this way or if I you know, work in a museum or start my own magazine. I had so much doubt when I started making those decisions. And honestly, up until five years ago, I still thought it was a backup plan. I literally did. I was like, did you really? Well, when I become famous, um, not like in those words, but you know, generally <laughs> right, speaking, right. when I when the thing takes off, I can just let go of that. Right. But what I didn't realize is like I fell so in love with what I was doing mm-hmm. that that became the plan. It was no mm-hmm. longer the backup. And that's when my ego had to just walk away and yeah we just have to <laughs> yeah exactly embrace <laughs> embrace the reality of what you have and the stuff that you that you were making I was listening to um another podcast and um you know she was just saying you know you really got to play 
to your strengths, know what your strengths are. Don't play to your limitations or, you know, don't um, necessarily feel like you're doing the wrong thing. If what you're doing really is, you know, you, your strengths, you're strong in it. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're not an artist. If you're doing other things that, that, you know, bring you also bring you joy also, you know, are, are what you like to do and, and bring you happiness, right? Those things are okay. And then around that, your, your art can do what it's meant to do. Um, you know, when I heard you say, you know, the, you know, your, your plan or your dream, you know, was to ultimately be painting, I guess, full time, right. And, and be doing that and this stuff that you're also still doing right now and continuing to grow was still kind of like the backup plan. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it just, oh, and, and this wasn't like the art career, right. That you, that you imagine it didn't look like that. You know, it's like, what is the art career, right? You know, what what is that? It it looks different for so many other people. And I think we all think that it has to look one particular way. Absolutely. Uh, it's like, you know, someone at the gym might be really great at, I don't know, squatting and they're not as great at bench press. Doesn't mean they're not a great right. athlete. It's just like, yeah, like really playing to your strengths. And what happened with me was, Uh, about three years ago, I started to finally have three or four years ago, I got to live that dream that I wanted to live. I got to paint all the time. And I had all these deadlines and all these shows and events. And guess what? I honestly, if you told me like, okay, you can just transition to this and let go of all the other stuff. I would say hell no, like, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) I would never want that knowing what I know now and having what I have now, I would never want to trade any of it. Yeah. You know, I think I think that's 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 a good point, too. Sometimes we have to get, you know, the flavor in our mouth for certain things. Right. To know that it's not for us. Right. We have to try. We have to try it um, because we think that's what we want or we think that's what we'll like. Um, But when we try it, we realize, wow, this is not what I thought it was or this is really not in line with who I am as a person and, um, and what I want to do. And because of that, that's, that's also a helpful experience too. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. It just gives you that clarity and that not really closure, but it's like, you have the option. You can always now being more experienced and having, you know, certain strategies under my belt. If I really wanted to, I could have that, what I thought was that traditional successful thing And I don't because one thing that really helps is I'm sure you work with your clients on this too, is like really getting clear on your values. Right. If you like for me, freedom is at the top of the chart. So like Mm. if things interfere with my freedom, I start to get anxious, cranky, stressed, pressured, and I'm no longer present. I like bypass my daily moments and I just like, I'm always in that deadline, you know? And I realized that was really harming my creativity. Even though it works for some people, sure. for me, it does not because I cannot be present. I can't let things magically, ha- you know, how art sometimes needs to be slow and you need to mm-hmm. let things happen. Mm-hmm. And when you're constantly working for a deadline, it's tough. I mean, we do have deadlines for a reason, but right, I think having that a little bit of space is so, so wonderful. Yeah. And cultivating that, like, you know, that that is a freedom is a val is your is one of your top values, right? One of the top things that you want to have um, in your life and cultivating then 
your life around that value, even if there are other things that, you know, have to get done or you have to hit the mark on um, in a certain amount of time, you're still cultivating your life around that, that value of freedom, right? I'm going to have space um, in my day to kind of just be and to be able to move through the world in the way that I want. Um, So that's important. Yeah. And I think like when I, I will say this, there are obviously exceptions. Like I will make certain exceptions if it's something important or plants a really good seed in my future. And you, that just comes down to intuition and really trusting yourself. Uh, But also pausing before you say yes to certain things. And one of the ways that I knew it was no longer working for me is I was at a beautiful beach last summer and, you know, had all these deadlines coming up and I just couldn't, I I was like, this list of things kept like running through my head. And I'm like, I'm literally at one of the most beautiful places in the world. And I'm not, and of course I like calm myself down and I was able to enjoy it, but I was like, this can't happen again. I can't live like this. Wow. This is not why I became self-employed. Now I'm always working because my head is full of all these things. And yeah. you know, it's like, and if I worked at IHOP, I could just walk away. Yeah. <laughs> the pancakes yeah. would be served by someone else. But when right. it's like your own creative ideas and yeah, it definitely has its own challenges. But it's yeah. being an entrepreneur, right? Always, you know, has the has the reality or comes mm-hmm. with the comes with the reality that, you know, you are the thing, right? You know, especially at the beginning, especially yeah. before you have, you know, a lot of systems and supports in place or other people to to work along with you. You really are the business um and you know living in that reality or with that reality is is really difficult and i think um you know you were saying you were on a beach i was not on a beach uh when <laughs> i had a similar conversation um you know i was just telling you about it a little while ago before we before we came on here that you know i'm in this process of really kind of evaluating you know a lot of the stuff, the big stuff, and even like down to like the details of like, how many meetings do I want to have a day with people, right? Um, I realized that I'm, well, I think I've known this for a while, uh, that I'm pretty disconnected from like, my world and the experiences of my world. And for a long time, I was just kind of like, no, I'm I'm really, really good at multitasking. I'm really good at being like half here and half there and making it look like I'm all here or all there. Um, that will like erode you, um, yeah. right? It will drain you. And a little, uh, you know, I guess a couple months ago, um, you know, just watching my two boys just like grow really quickly and um not being you know as present as I want to be with them because I'm either like on on this thing all of the time answering emails or or writing down notes um or I'm meeting with people um you know that isn't really what I want to be doing and I've noticed over the past couple of weeks, this is really fresh for me. Over the past couple of weekends, I have tried to be more intentional at like not being on my phone or not being here in, in my office um, and just being more like in weekend mode. And that has been an amazing 
small shift for me. Isn't that um, amazing? It yeah. changes so much. Yeah, it, it changes a lot of things. And, you know, to go back a few minutes to, to something else that you were talking about um, is the environment that you put yourself in, right? What kind of soil are you like planting yourself in every day? Um, that makes so much difference for your ability to thrive and grow um, and um, have the experiences that you want to have. If you're, if you're in environments that are toxic for you, or if you're in environments that are abusive, if you're in environments that are, you know, otherwise draining, right, that is going to drain your, your soul and your, your plant of yourself totally. that you're trying to grow, right? Absolutely. You need to put yourself in those environments that are going to enable you to have the creativity, have the freedom, right, to to actually live the yeah. life that you're called to live as an artist or as a Absolutely. person. Absolutely. And I think too, uh, I really like that, that this conversation, because it doesn't even have to be a toxic environment to impact you in ways that you might sure. not desire. Like, for example, there was a moment, I think two years ago, I got really into like, you know, growing and scaling my business, which is important. Yeah. But I found myself in these environments with like very, very business and marketing oriented people, which mm. which I wanted. I signed up for this. Uh -huh. However, after a certain point, I got like sucked into this funnel of people who were only talking about business and marketing, which is normal because that's what they do. This is who they are. <laughs> right. But I'm an artist and I'm, right. you know, creative coach. And so I, you know, my focus shifted from, oh, I want to foster a life of creativity, connection and like, you know, freedom to I need all these funnels. I need to do all these things. I need to oh be showing gosh. up constantly. And it just like, you know, it's crazy how much of a sponge we are. You might think you're so self-aware and so careful and you will subconsciously absorb this information and wake up like so anxious that you don't have 60 funnels funneling random people into your website. And I'm like, know, what does that right? even mean? What right. does that even mean? So I just like, I cut it off and I worked with my coach, Kara, who's amazing. I had her on the podcast a few weeks ago and you know, she's the opposite. She's like, I don't consume any other coaches or business information. Very minimal. I start my day with looking at music, fashion and whatever wow. inspires me. I have blinders on at all times because I know how easy it is to get influenced, to like lose your own spark, basically. Right. And right. I really took her advice to heart and my life got so much better because I started mm. to see, you know, how the subconscious mind will see like, oh, everyone has like 60 business mm. webinars going. And oh then I started God. to yeah. notice these amazing leaders who didn't show up every day. They didn't produce a podcast every week and they didn't write a blog post every week. And right. they were just creating more quality and being yeah. present and showed up in, in their own way. And I was like, okay, there's not one way of doing this. And while now there's a little bit more at stake since like I incorporated my business, I have people that sure. um, you know rely on me. Sure. Of course, it's important to bring in the revenue, but like really looking for examples of people who aren't burning out and aren't like really draining themselves right. in the process and finding a creative way. We're all creatives here. Right. A creative way to approach it that feels good and feels aligned. Yeah. So like what you're saying is, um, you know, really resonating with me because I'm starting to like think about all of these things myself. Again, as I was saying about another thing we were talking about, you know, like this whole funnel system and this whole like, you know, infrastructure that we're told that we need to have 
because that's what works apparently. And um, I'm like spending so much time and money trying to like upkeep this, you know, system that is supposed to be really great. And it is, it really is a great product, the thing that I use, but I'm not using it in the way that, you know, I should probably be using it for its maximum, um, you know, return on the investment that I'm putting into it, right? Because it's not how I show up naturally. It's not how I work, right? So I'm going through this whole process in my, in my business right now to, you know, see like if I got rid of that thing and just like use some simpler, some more simple um, software or, you know, components, could that save me money? Could that save me time? Could it save me stress? Right. Because if so, that's where I want to be because <laughs> all of this stuff is just really stressing me out. And then the idea also um, alongside of that, getting people to those funnels, the idea that you have to be omnipresent, right? You have yeah. to be like visible all of the time. You have to be dumping out, you know, content like every day or multiple times a day um, because you're in this race to beat an algorithm that um, you will never be which you'll never be right you'll never be because it's evolving as we <laughs> it's speak. evolving right it's probably <laughs> it's different now than it was like earlier exactly. this morning right you know like you know so I'm like maybe this is why I'm burnt out because you know I worked with some really fantastic business and marketing coaches who gave me tons of information but like you said you know I'm a sponge and I also take things like really literally initially mm -hmm. um, because I'm like oh they know exactly what they're doing and if I do this then I'm going to have the same type of results that they do right and then I realized wait a second I am not them right I am me I am not in the same type of like work that they're doing um, I'm in a different place and you know no wonder I'm tired right no wonder it's not working because I'm trying to um like make a carbon copy almost of of what they're doing when it doesn't make sense to do that. Yeah, it's not it's not going to fit. It's not like you're a puzzle piece for sure. I I have had a similar experience to a few years ago, someone who met well, they weren't wrong, but they were basically like very excited about my business because they saw the potential and they're like, you need to this and you need to do this and this and this and this and this and they confused me. The way that I started my business and I want everyone listening to really understand that like I had, like you said, I didn't have any budget. I was, I had right. a panic attack over buying an eyeliner from Sephora. That's how broke I was. <laughs> right. Um, I had money in envelopes. Okay. Like I use the envelope method. That's like mm -hmm. how tight it was. And, and now, you know, I leverage things like borrowing in a responsible way and stuff. So it's a little different now, like having a little more capital, but at the beginning, like the way that it worked was I didn't even have Instagram. Can you imagine? I started my business before I had Instagram. And I didn't even start the Create Magazine Instagram well, it was Fresh Paint at the time right. until 2014 when like our second issue came out. Wow. So because I didn't have a smartphone. I, well, it was a smartphone. It was a BlackBerry, but you couldn't okay. post to Instagram on a BlackBerry. Right. So when I started, like you'd be surprised how much you can do without any fancy things. Like I would use um, call for like College Art Association. Oh my gosh. College Art Association is a free website that you can use to like post listings and opportunities for people, right? I started there and then I would go door to door. 
Like I would literally knock on, I remember it was like an old city back when there were still galleries, you know, now they're coming back thanks to Paradigm, but oh my God, back in amazing. the day, so amazing. I'm so happy. And we'll talk, we'll, we'll have to have another episode to, yeah. to talk about that. But I remember like walking up, it was like blue, I think it was like Bluestone Fine Art and Pentimenti, just like literally yeah. introducing myself, shaking people's hands. And most of the time I got ignored and like, thanks right. so much. We're not interested. But one person invested in an ad and I was that door to door salesperson, but I didn't mean to be. I was just really excited and I was yeah. like, I want this to work so badly. And that was like my only day off. So for anyone listening, like, and I also, I use very fancy, expensive apps now too. They do help. They help me like right. manage my clients and all that stuff, right. especially with memberships. But when I actually make sales, what works is my email newsletter, which I send, and Instagram stories where I literally just show my face and say, hey, I made this thing, sign up for it. Literally, <laughs> right. those are the most signups I get. And it's not a fancy app. It's like Instagram, which everyone has right. it by now. Yeah, it's free or next to free, those two things, right? Like you know, that are that are bringing in the most the most attention for you when you when you need it. The other things, the bells and whistles become more important um, as you grow and scale and do different things. But if you're just starting out, really, it's like grow your email list, figure out ways of growing that list. Right. And be consistent in the in the messaging and the content that you're putting into those emails to the list Absolutely. right and provide value to people so that they know who you are they trust what you're doing um and they'll and they'll read it or even read a few lines of it right and yeah then they don't even have around. to read the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. they don't even read the whole thing sometimes yeah it's crazy and like yeah as you grow you'll probably want some systems and apps just sure. to maintain your content i think you don't want to lose anything you create everything is so precious it's oh your my time gosh. yeah but other than like with marketing honestly and i also started using facebook well i i think it was 2015 or 16 when facebook and instagram ads came out i was an early user because i didn't know what it was <laughs> i was like i'm gonna try it <laughs> yeah because the Click way the that they didn't used to market it as ads. They used to just market it as like boost or whatever. Boosts, yeah. And I used to do that. And like, that's when the magazine really started growing. Cause it was a very organic reach. It was very niche. Like people, whoever found me on college art associations, basically the people that um, were the first to follow. And then after that, it was like local people in the Philly yeah. and Delaware community. But then the ads really helped reach out to more people so mm. it's super cool we do yeah. have great tools though we are living in a great time for tools that support us and even though the algorithm is very frustrating at times it's still more than we used to have in the past so oh my gosh cool. yeah for sure for sure i think it's just finding the right the right tools and the right systems for you you know like when i was when i was just mentioning that i'm thinking about you know transitioning away from one thing and looking at other things it's not that i'm going to abandon systems and abandon abandon some of these tools it's just is what i'm is what i'm using right now the right thing for me totally right and i think that's that's something that that we all need to take yeah, stock of, right. I, I agree with that. And even just looking quarterly or monthly at like any recurring payments for apps mm -hmm. or anything, just seeing like, am I even using this? Like, you know, right. for a while I was really into webinars and I'm like, okay, you know what? I kind of want to take a break. And if I do it, I'll just probably go live exactly. because it's right. free and uh, I can still do the thing that I want to do on the, on the live. So just like being, being careful, um, and using our resources wisely, I think is always a good idea. Yeah. And paying attention to it regularly. I like what you said there about 
looking at what kind of expenditure do you have, you know, every few months when you're like, you know, paying attention to it because everything is subscription based now and those subscriptions will renew before you know it. And it's like, yeah. oh man, they just took, they just took that much money out of my bank account. I forgot that I even, that I was even on that, um, on that system. So yeah, paying attention to like, where's your money going? What am I paying for? What am I using is so important. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So can you tell us in the last few minutes, Kat, that we have together, you know, what kinds of opportunities you have for artists who are looking to kind of get themselves out there more um, to grow in whatever way that they are called to grow um, for them? Where can they where can they learn more about what you have and what's going yeah, on on your side you. of things? Yeah, this is such a great conversation. Thank you again for having me. We always have tons of free stuff on our website, createmagazine.com. My writers are very generous with sharing tips and advice and articles with our community. So check it out. And if you want to take it a step further, Alicia and I just made a really affordable course for artists. It's only $77. It's called awesome. The Smartest School. And it's the basics of basically basics <laughs> basically everything you need to know to get started with like sh um showing your art selling it pitching to galleries if that's the route you want to go getting funding like everything just to get get your foot in the door that we use to build our um careers and then the most exciting thing right now is that our book is coming out in just a few weeks now may 2023 it's coming out and it's called the creative business handbook. So if you are right. someone who wants to start a business or side hustle and transition potentially to self-employment, eventually we wrote down everything. So you could either read it or you can reference certain chapters, right. like from launching, creating products. Um, and we interviewed people like Hashimoto contemporaries, Ken and jealous curator and all kinds of different creative business owners beyond a studio practice. We did interview some artists as well, but basically we just wanted to give an overview of all the options that you have if you are someone yeah. who loves community, loves to serve people yeah. and builds a business and you make some money doing what you uh, love. That is so cool. Yeah, I saw that I saw that you guys were releasing releasing that soon. So hopefully it's May by the time this comes out we'll be able to include a link um, to that product that that you're just releasing, and then we'll include the links, everyone, to um, Kat's other other sites, so that you can check out all the things that she has going on. Cat has a membership um, for artists called Art Queens, which is really cool. I know some people who participate in that, and they get a lot out of it. So she is just like amazing at uh, giving people opportunities. Uh, to learn and grow in a number of different ways. Um, so definitely check out the links um, at the bottom of this episode so that you can connect with her. Kat, thank, thank you, you so much for taking the time out of your day-to-day -to, -day to hang out. Um, I really appreciate Yay. it. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thanks so much for sharing all the things that we're working on. And always good to talk with you. For sure. Same here. Same here. It's always good to talk with you. Everybody, this has been the Bull Creators Collective Podcast. I am so happy that you listened and I look forward to giving you some more episodes soon. 